0: What's going on, everybody? I feel like I'm not seeing you guys quite as often lately. That's because I'm not. We're only doing one a week. But anyway, it is uh, Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Anthony DeMarco from the fourth period going to join us in just a moment. Sorry, we're a couple minutes late. Ant and I got talking uh, before we start. We're going to bring him in in just a second. We've got Tone's takes today as well with some great plays on the NHL action tonight. The Playoffs continue. And a great chance for you to get on the action. I had some awesome plays last night, by the way, on my card last night. I screenshot these and sent them to a a buddy of mine because they were so fucking good. I had Adam Fox at least two points, plus 360. Artemi Panarin at least two points, plus 295. Artemi Panarin to outscore in points. Nikita Kucherov at plus 140. And how about hitting the Rangers over five and a half and on the money line of Parlay at plus 330. That's the kind of shit you can do on the Bet Parks app, so get it. The Met Parks app, Casino and Sportsbook app, it is fantastic. I am not like a savvy guy technologically. If I can figure out how to do that stuff, you can as well. I also had the Rangers, by the way, winning the game 5-3. Exact score, but I didn't hit that one. But that would have been a huge, I was plus 3,300, I think. Uh, take it from me, the Bet Parks app is everything you want in a mobile casino and sports book. And it's right in your pocket. Easy to sign up, fun to use, faster to win than ever before. And right now, all Bet Parks users, everybody, new and existing users, can use the promo code Jason750, Jason750. And you're going to get a risk-free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions do apply. So do it. Download the app. Open up an account. If you're an existing user, get back on. Get in on the action and use the BetParks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Like I said, Tones Takes is coming up. He joins us every Thursday, though, from north of the border up in Montreal. He's our American-speaking, English-speaking, Quebecian. It is Anthony DeMarco on BetParks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. What's going on, Ant?
1: Not much, man. Never say Quebecian if you're in Quebec, though. Uh, the Quebecois will get very upset with you, but uh, yeah. <laughs> not ready to go today. I got my uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. Uh, you. Uh, yeah, I you.
0: Sleeveless in the Great White North. That's it.
1: That's it. Really ruffling some feathers today. But yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Although it's, it's hell
0: of a very quiet in Flyerland, isn't it, right now? Eh? It is. You know, that's interesting because... Um, You know, they're not one of those organizations that's as known for zipping everything up like, you know, Lou Amorello or Steve Iserman, where nothing gets out. But this is really quiet. And to me, I look from a discussion standpoint, we like hearing rumors and leaks and all that shit. But from a hockey business standpoint, that's a good thing that nothing's getting out, I think.
1: Yeah. And like there was so much smoke surrounding this team for the last like 12 months you know like, it's like a stink
0: bomb of smoke that was the y- problem
1: <laughs> yeah like as soon as last season came to an end it just felt like everyone knew that big changes were going to be made you had the big deal coming for wrist Line in the ellis deal had been rumored since like the trade deadline of last year you had heard Vorcheck was kind of unhappy and that he might get taken to seattle and like flip to st louis and all this then like you heard that there was like problems with AV behind the scenes and all that. And now it's like they just want to calm everything down a bit and just do it in a kind of a confidential way. And like you said, for guys like you and me in the media and getting talking points, it's not that fun. But like you said, from a business standpoint, you can really understand why they've taken this approach by really wanting to keep everything on the hush-hush.
0: Yeah. And we've seen that now. We've seen that quote a few times from Chuck to different members of the media. Anthony Sanfilippo read it here on Stick to Hockey Live. And I, I see now Adam, Adam Kimmelman put it out that you know, we're looking at a coaching search. We're not gonna discuss anything publicly. We're gonna find the right person with a track record, all that stuff. I don't have the exact thing in front of me, but um, I, I think that's good that you know they're really kind of shutting all the windows and doors and hermetically sealing this thing and and taking giving it the proper due diligence that it needs. I know we all kind of go like, oh, we should name a coach already. But, you know, let's talk about, let's start there because I want to look at these final four teams, Ann. Because there's an interesting dichotomy going on with these four teams and there's an interesting dichotomy that's going on in the NHL. You had Andrew Brunette this year, was a first-year coach, led his team essentially to the President's Cup after Quenville got zipped. You had Martin St. Louis, who up in Montreal just signed a three-year extension, never coached at the pro level, not an assistant, nothing. You know, wasn't in player development. was coaching Pee Wee and Bantam tier one hockey up there. And then you have, you know, you have these guys, you look, look at Jay Whitcroft, right? You have all these guys that don't have coaching experience, but are speaking to younger players. And you have all these other guys that like we've mentioned before, like Tortorella, Trotz, Babcock, Quenville, the list goes on. Claude Julian, Travis Green, all these guys that are experienced. Say coach Pete DeBoer now, you know, which way do you go? With this, because you know, Bill Meltzer did a column on Vellucci in Pittsburgh. And you know, I read the column, I talked to Bill about it, and I'm so intrigued by that guy because he's worked in front offices and understands younger players. Like, I don't know which way to go. I'm like betwixt and between. And I look at these final four teams with the coaches that like John Cooper's path to the NHL is so unconventional, right? The way he ended up in the NHL, USHL, started coaching because he was at a law firm and one of the partners said, I'll give you the job if you coach my son's Bantam team, (laughs) you know, like which way do you go here? It's tough
1: because obviously the last couple of years you see like these unconventional coaches going deep into the playoffs, even last year, like Dominic Ducharme, who, you know, lost his job like six months later had only been an interim coach for, what was it, a couple of months by that point. The year before, you have a guy like Rick Bonas, who obviously the most experienced guy behind the bench in all of the NHL, but he was never really a head coach or hadn't been for quite some time. But then the Flyers have all these experienced guys at their disposal. You already fired off all their names. So it is very tempting, especially for a team that is looking to get back on the map, trying to be relevant. Like, I think a lot of the reasons why they brought in a guy like Ale Vigneault three years ago was to get them back on the map, make them a relevant team after going through. What had been six years with a first time head coach in Craig Baruby, a mm-hmm. first time head coach in Dave Haxtall, and Scott Gordon, who hadn't been a head coach in what a decade since he had coached the New York Islanders, which I think was before Ted Nolan had even got there. Exactly. Right. So so now you're getting into another part or like another situation where maybe you want to get a guy that could get you back on the map. We had talked about it, right? That the Flyers want to be relevant again. We know that their senior advisors want a guy like John Tortorella, probably in part for that reason. But then you you let us all these options that kind of speak to the contrary. And that's why I kind of keep coming back to, and I spoke about it today earlier on Brotherly Pod, where – you know, Dan and myself had said maybe it kind of lands on a guy like Jim Montgomery, yeah. who has a, a track record in the NHL, but is still on that younger side. With an unconventional – well, not unconventional. He went through the
0: NCAA, but mm-hmm. maybe he's a guy that kind of meets somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and, and he he's not Dave Haxtell coming straight from NCAA to the NHL. He's already been an NHL head coach, successful one in Dallas before. You know, he had the personal issues, which led to his dismissal. Been back in the game now with the Blues and Craig Berube as an assistant coach. Uh, He's he's got a very brief history with the Flyers. I think he played like 14 or 15 games as a Flyer. So there's I don't want if they hire him, I don't want people go, oh, well, you hired another former Flyer. Like, stop. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you hired A.V., not a former Flyer. You (laughs) hired Haxtell, not a former Flyer. You hired Pierre Laudyette, not a former Flyer. That that notion is silly at this point. So. You know, I look at it and I go, okay. I know what Torts had to say on ESPN about Zgris and, you know, the the kind of showboating nature of today's young players. And I just wonder, like, like I I like Zgris and I like that, you know, get your ass out of your seat. Wow. Goals like that. Although as a goaltender, I don't love like the Michigan thing and and wrapping the stick around a post around where a goalie's face is especially yeah. when the goalie's trying to go to that side and turn because the stick could end up right in his right in his eyeballs. But, you know, there's something to be said for that. It's exciting. And I just wonder, like, what's the right path here? I don't know what the right path on the head coach is. And, like, the stuff I have read about that Bill wrote about Vellucci, like, I'm like, man, this guy is so intriguing to me. And I just, I don't know, I think we're going to have to pass judgment after they hire a guy and we see what that guy can do. I think that's, I think we're going to keep an open mind and that's fucking hard for flyers Twitter to keep an open, to keep an open <laughs> mind on any move. Right. Well, it's because we still don't really know what they want to do. And
1: I believe it was Jeff Merrick who kind of spoke to this a couple of weeks ago, that they're still not sure where they're going to go in terms of what the roster will look like. Yeah. And that they may construct their roster based on who they end up getting as a head coach. Because if you get a guy like Tortorella or if you get a guy like Barry Trotz, then you would assume that they're going to try and ice at least a playoff caliber roster. Mm-hmm. But if you sign it, if you get a guy like Jim Montgomery or Mike Volucci or Kirk Muller, maybe it's just more of a learning year. Maybe it's more of a development year. And you know, I know everyone really clung on to the aggressive retool uh, phrase that Chuck used earlier in the season. But I think that was more in the sense that, like, we're going to try and remain competitive. We're not going to rebuild, but we're also not going to go all in. Like, I don't think that this is a team that is going to overhaul 25% of the roster like we saw last summer. I don't think, like, you're going to start seeing them trade guys like Tyson Forrester and Cam York or Elliott to to try and add, like, a big-time player to come in here, mortgage the future. Like, when Chuck referenced 2019, the summer of 2019 – What I took away from that is, like, you're going to try and add NHL-caliber players without sacrificing the future. And he signed Kevin Hayes, gave up nothing for him except for, I think, a draft pick and a prospect uh, to acquire his rights from the Winnipeg Jets. You traded Radko Gudis for Matt Niskanen, and you traded a second and a third for Justin Braun. And I think that's kind of, like, what we're going to see. Like, I think you're going to see a defenseman added, and I think you're going to see at least an attempt to add a top six forward. I would assume that that guy on their wish list is Johnny Goudreau. But aside from that, probably like a depth defenseman, maybe a depth centerman in case like you, uh, Tanner Lazinski, isn't ready to start the year. But I don't think it's going to be like last year, like trading assets to get Ryan Ellis and Rosmus line in, making a big hockey trade like Cam Atkinson for Jake Voracek. I think that this is really going to be a year where they're going to try and incorporate a lot of young guys into the roster. And maybe a big acquisition here at the top of the lineup at forwards. But I also do think it's going to depend on who
0: that coach is. Well, you got, if you want Goudreau, you're going to have to move some money out because you got to make yep. room. Um, are you in favor of signing Goudreau? I'll just throw the number at you seven times nine. Look, are you he wouldn't. Doing that?
1: Look, it wouldn't be my first choice just because I'm always trepidatious to lock in that kind of money to a winger. Like they did it with Jake Vorchek when he was scoring a point per game in 2014, 2015, and it quickly became a very, very bad contract. Now, look, I think that Johnny Gaudreau is and was a better hockey player than Jake Vorchek ever was. But at the same time, like he is a guy that historically, when the chips are down in the playoffs, he doesn't really perform to the caliber that he does in the regular season. He's going to be 29 in August, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that contract would take him to 35, 36 years old. Look, is he going to – and the other thing that kind of scares me is, he is he going to put up the kind of production he did this year without Elias Lindholm and Matthew Kachak playing on his line? Yeah. Because assuming all things are equal, Johnny Goudreau signs here. Your top line next year is Goudreau, Couturier, and Travis Konechnik, right? I think that's what we could agree on. Yeah. Some combination thereof, Atkinson, you know, all those guys kind of mix around. Exactly. But, like, is Goudreau going to be a 100-point dominant two-way guy with Sean Katori and Travis Konechny instead of Matthew Kachuk and Elias Lindholm? That's what you got to ask yourself. You know, this is a team that isn't nearly as deep as the Calgary Flames. It's a team that obviously doesn't have that high-end talent. So, I mean, I wouldn't be... Look, I wouldn't hate it because at the end of the day, i rather than sign him to that contract than not add anyone. Mm-hmm. But if they could somehow get an alternative, like trade for a Pierre-Luc Dubois or something, I would really like it because I do think the
0: more pressing
1: need is middle. down the
0: middle. Exactly. Yeah. And it's another big body up the middle. And then your, your three centers, you're looking at Pierre-Luc Dubois is young. I mean, he's 24. Yeah. So you're looking at Couturier, uh Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kevin Hayes, and then you know Scott Lawton is your fourth line center. Yeah, and And then far different.
1: And then then you have a hell of a team, and you have a young centerman that could kind of be
0: in his prime for the next six years. Yeah, like I view those years as Couturier transitions into a two C, he moves to a one exactly and it kind of gives you like
1: a nice bridge there to if you can let's say you draft like a matthew savoy with the fifth overall pick this year it gives you some time for that guy to to develop and come into that role even if it's three or four years down the road from now but i'm also scared that like if you sign a johnny gaudreau then you're going into next season with a one two three center punch of probably Couturier, hayes and morgan frost yeah. Which look, if there's no expectations to next year, obviously Morgan Frost ended the year strong, found some chemistry with uh, Owen Tippett. Maybe you could build off that, but it's still a one, two, three center punch that kind of doesn't encourage, doesn't give me a lot of positivity moving forward.
0: Um, have you heard anything about Goudreau? I mean, he just finished. I think he's somebody hit me up today, <clears throat> DM me and said, "Have you heard anything about Goudreau yet?" And I said, "I imagine he's just still decompressing from the season." You know what I mean? Like you don't just all of a sudden turn and go, okay, where are the offers at here? Let's go, you know, start fetching, you know, that's the agent's job anyway. But are you hearing any, anything in regards to Gaudreau at this point, or is it still too early? I think it's still too early. Like, I mean, I've heard through the grapevine that the Flyers will go hard
1: after him, but that's not from a direct source. That's just more from like secondary chatter around the
0: NHL. That's kind of like what an assumption, or do you think that's legit information? Is it just the assumption because he grew up here and he was a Flyers fan and if you need to play for the team that you rooted for as a kid? Well, like, I think it's a bit of both. Like, I'm always of the belief
1: of when there's enough smoke, there's at least a flame, right? And I remember I had Eric Francis, who works for Sportsnet out of Calgary, on my podcast about a year and a half ago. This was like January of 2021. And he said verbatim, I've always felt that he's destined for Philadelphia. And he's a guy that's been covering Johnny Gaudreau for almost a decade now. Yeah, And then everyone else, you know, that they've always made those ties. Like everyone, because of the assumptions, he's from here, this, that, and the other thing. Do I think Johnny Gaudreau has already booked a plane ticket to Philly? No, absolutely not. But like I said, when enough people are talking about it again, I often say, okay, there's at least a little bit of truth to it. I haven't heard that directly from sources from within the Flyers organization. Um, I do think that they would like to add someone, but ha- is that Johnny Gaudreau? Who knows? Obviously, Elliot Friedman had talked about Nazem Kadri. I hope to God that's not true. I think that would be a catastrophic mistake for this team. Um, look, like I said, I could sign Kadri you- to a three-year
0: deal. I'd be interested, but he's going to get way more than that. Yeah, he's going to get a Ke- Kevin Hayes type contract. Yeah, he's going to get a, 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 a what, like seven times five, seven times six? You mean AUV? I think he's gonna get seven mil per year personally, okay. yeah, that's what
1: I actually believe, but at the same time, like he does check the center box, but I just I don't think he's what it need, what they need, like yeah, I, I think th- he's I, more to be
0: great too, but it's also a byproduct of who he's playing with
1: that's that it. Time. It's kinda like Andre Burakkovsky, like yeah. Burakkovsky scored what over sixty points this uh, year, and look, obviously Kaddri's had a much better year than um. Andre Burakovsky. Right, no, Kodri's had a better year than Burakovsky. Yeah. But look, Burakovsky was scratched a few games ago. Now, the one guy out of Colorado who I wouldn't mind taking a run out is Val Nachushkin. Yeah. Like as a as a consolation prize, if you strike out on like the bigger name guys like Forsberg or Giant Goudreau, I think Nechushkin at more of a discount. I do think he's younger. I think he was drafted in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he's 26. He would be a guy I wouldn't mind. Like, I posed this question to Dan actually earlier today. I'll ask you Would you rather sign Goudreau to like a $9 million a year contract, or would you rather sign Nichushkin to like a $6 million a year contract and get a legit third
0: line center in here? Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, is if I sign Nichushkin, I can also t- get another D. Yeah. I need another D. Like, having Goudreau and still not having Ryan Ellis and having the problem on the blue line, it doesn't, I'm just subbing one problem for another. Yeah, so I got to build a team. So, you know, I, I got to figure that part of it out. I mean, the thing about it, too, Ant, is, you know, is this the, the year? Is this the free agent class to make this kind of move? And like we, when I was doing my radio show here, the assumption was always that when Mike Trout's contract with the Anaheim Angels was up, he was going to come home and play for the Phillies because he grew up here in Millville. Right. And he loved going to Eagles games and getting a football from Carson Wentz when he would score a touchdown. But as soon as his contract was up, he signed a big deal out there. And, you know, I, I know some people that know him and they told me, they go, yeah, he loves coming home, but he never wanted to play here because he doesn't want to shit here. And he doesn't want to ruin his experience of home if the team doesn't perform, because that's what because he knows the Philadelphia sports fans. Johnny Gaudreau knows that. I think a lot of people are drawing this parallel because they think that, because we're from here, like everybody's chomping at the bit to be a pro here. I think that's bullshit. I don't if you if you're from here you're probably going maybe I shouldn't because <laughs> you know yeah. I, mean? I know what it's like to play there because I was a fan there well like it's the same concept of you know here growing up
1: in Montreal like Vinny Lecavalier wanted nothing to do playing Montreal yeah, Briere either. either Briere shut the door he eventually went there for one season but yep. like in his second to last year of his career so like yeah I absolutely agree like Look, I do like because, like I said, that there's a lot of smoke around that. I do believe it to some point, but I don't think it's always been like a slam dunk that he'll eventually go back. And then you also can't take New Jersey out of this because isn't he from technically New Jersey? Yeah. So look like
0: fan, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And then like you look at him that he still doesn't want a cup. He probably has, let's say, three or four years left on his in his prime. If you're looking to win a cup in the next three, four years, are you going to New Jersey or are you going to Philadelphia? Yeah. I think it is kind of uh, more or less I'm a not toss Not going to either.
0: To be exactly. Well, that
1: is, well, let's just play on the assumption that it's between Philly and New Jersey. Yeah. Maybe says, you know what, I'll take my chances playing with Jack Hughes. Yeah. As opposed to Sean Couturier, who's coming off back surgery, and Kevin Hayes, who's coming off all the injuries that he
0: was. Yeah. So it, it's tough. It,
1: it really, really is tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I it's I mean, watching these playoffs like and I I get this happens every year when you watch the playoffs and you watch these two teams and you see the speed and the intensity that they're playing with. And you look at your team, you go, God, we are so far off. But you're only so far off because you weren't in the playoffs, like everything is ratcheted up in the playoffs, We're, were people saying that heading into the nineteen twenty season, oh my like, god, we're so far off, and then all of a sudden they go to the bubble and they win those first three games against Tampa, Pitts. Who was it? Tampa, the Boston, three, Boston, and Washington, Washington, oh, Washington. Yeah, and they they go three and zero, and I'm getting DMs from people going, oh, they're gonna win the cup. I'm like, settle down. Those games didn't mean shit, right? <laughs> but it looks that way until you are one of those teams. you you feel like you're light years away, but you're not nearly as far away as you think because things change really quickly. Um, Yeah. The Gaudreau thing I think is fascinating, but again, to to take this kind of full circle, it kind of goes back to where we started. Like where are they going with the coach thing? What's the part of it that, what's that part of the equation? And I mean, do you think we're going to get some resolution to the coach thing here in the next calendar week by the time we convene next Thursday? Is Barry Trotz going to be under contract with the team? Because I think that's the first card to fall.
1: Yeah. Like, I think that's the first domino that has to fall because I think that a lot of teams are prioritizing him as their number one. Like, I ultimately, and again, this is more speculation than anything, but I am still under the belief that he will ultimately end up in Winnipeg because I think that there's the door open for him to have a management role. There in the future, just because, you know, Chevy's been there for so long, Chevy already holds an executive position right under Mark Chipman, who's like their CEO, or representative owner. And I don't know that Chuck is going to want to hire a guy whose ultimate goal is to maybe take your own job, especially when you have Briere in the wings. Exactly. You have Briere in the wings. You just hired a guy like Alan McCauley, who's working in that front office. Yep. You still have Brent Flair, who heads up uh, like your entire draft division, kind of oversees the uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in a way, too. Like, I just don't think the Flyers want to add another, another guy who potentially wants to get into that front office. And I think Vegas is in that same
0: position, too, with Kelly McCrimmon.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you have, uh, what's his name? George McPhee over Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah. And they've kind of been riding shotgun with each other since Vegas, you know, first opened up in 2017. Yeah. So, like, I was told last week that the Flyers were still several weeks out. So, we're one week in. I would assume that within the first couple games of the Stanley Cup final, we'll get a coach here. Yeah. But I do think it kind of depends on Barry Trots because I do think that even if it's just for optics, I have a feeling
0: that the Flyers won't hire a coach before Barry Trotz makes his decision. Until he falls. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, too. Because um, then it's like, oh, you chose somebody else over him. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, I mean, I see like people like, tweeting out like, oh, John Tortorella turned down the Flyers. No, he didn't. <laughs> Nothing is going to be done until Trotz makes a decision. He's at the yeah. top of pretty much everyone's list everyone's list and until he says no and accepts a deal somewhere else he's still in play yeah nothing's done until it's done um real quick let's let's hit on the playoffs real quick um the rangers take game one um as you heard at the top of the show i was i played the rangers heavy in this game nine days off for tampa coming in after sweeping florida the rangers went to seven again uh, they're facing their first legitimate goaltender of the playoffs in vasilevsky but they touched him up good they put six by them um, you think the Rangers have a shot in this series or is this just kind of a game one thing? I'm not ready to say the Rangers win the series yet, um, but last night was impressive.
1: Yeah. Like I was on Sportsnet fan five, the fan on uh, that was kind of redundant on uh Sunday. And they asked me about that. And I said, look, my pick is still Tampa Bay. I've had them going to the cup final since before the playoffs started. But when you have a guy like Igor Shosturkin in the net, to counteract Andre Vasilevsky in the other net, yeah. you always have a chance. And that's kind of what we saw last night. Obviously Vasilevsky did not play well or up to his standards, at least. I think they said on the broadcast, he led in more goals last night than he did it during the entire series against the Florida Panthers.
0: Yep. But look, the, Reese, the Panthers six last night.
1: Yeah. So, but we also saw this happen in game one against the Toronto Maple Leafs too, where the Leafs kind of ran the lightning out of the building. So, I am still banking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is a battle-tested team. This games like this don't seem to rattle them. But yes, do the Rangers have a t- chance? Absolutely. Obviously, we saw some rough stuff to end the night. Um when you have guys like Barkley Goudreau and Ryan Reeves and Andre Miller on the back end, like that's a team that's very tough to play against. Probably the only mm-hmm. team Truba, probably Ryan Lingren too. He's a tough yeah. guy as well. Like Probably the only team that could step up to Tampa in that toughness department against guys like Pat Maroon and uh, Nick Paul and the monsters they have on the back end. Like I'm still picking the Tampa Bay lightning just because I've seen this script before most yeah. recently in game one against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But like I said, when you have S- Shesterkin in the net, you always have that chance because he is an X, X factor. No doubt about it. Totally agree.
0: Um, the avalanche. Edmonton series game 2 will be tonight. We got 14 goals in game 1. goaltenders back up. But we have the situation now with Kemper being out and Francouz getting the start and I guess they're going to go back to Mike Smith with Edmonton, although I would maybe lean towards Koskinen here. Um, does this series get evened up tonight? I think so. Look, I picked I do too. I picked Edmonton in
1: 7. Um, I kind of went out on a limb there because I wasn't confident in Colorado's goaltending being all that much better than Edmonton's goaltending. And obviously, they were marginally better in game one. Kemper won't go tonight, to your point. I don't have a lot of um, confidence in Franco's I think his playoff save percentage uh, over his career is eight point eight nine nine, if I'm not mistaken. I know Woodcroft left the door open as to who would start the game tonight. I assume he's going to give Smith one last kick at the can. I'm with you that I would go with Koskinen. I think that'd be the better choice. I just think that you can't count on Smith. I think he's way too unpredictable. Yeah, I know that even.
0: down at this point too. I mean, the guy is almost 41.
1: Exactly. And I know that he had good underlying numbers through the first, um, for the, through the first round against the Los Angeles Kings. But when you watch him play, like you're a goalie, yeah. right? Like, is it not like almost every save seems like an accident or a challenge for him?
0: Yeah. It's, it's very not under control yeah it looks everything looks like it's flying everywhere you know <laughs> like he's not quiet as a goalie at all, you know, and it does it looks like everything is almost desperation mode, yeah he's so way, way too busy in that. that yeah, I just don't know that against that team with what they can throw on you and the way they can transition from what seems like you know a spot in the game where they're they're not threatening to being threatening like that, I think that's just tough for him at this point, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting tonight to see, to see if that series gets evened up. But uh, there's a lot of firepower on that ice. Holy shit. It's Unreal. a fun series. Yeah. Really fun series. Yeah, if you like offense, that's, that's the one. All right, Ant. We'll see what happens over the next calendar week, this, this coaching situation. I think we're getting closer. We are getting closer. But I think
1: so. I honestly, wouldn't be surprised if by next week when we do this show, there's a coach named. All right.
0: Well, we'll break it down. We'll All right, right man. Looking forward to the it. Ground. And thanks for doing this as always, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, man. Take it easy. There he is. Anthony DeMarco from the fourth period, tfp.com. Let we'll me take those off there. And uh, we appreciate him coming on as always. Let's get to a little something. let will get you some, somewhere to put your money tonight on the Bet Parks app. A little something we call Tones Takes. And it is time for Tone's takes. There he is. Tone, what's going on? Hey Jason, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, playoffs continue. It's been electric. Fourteen mm-hmm. goals the other night, game two tonight of Colorado. <laughs> and I mean, fourteen goals, like you're kidding me, right? Colorado Edmonton. Yeah. You expecting yeah. it over what? tonight or what? <laughs>
2: What's what's the record? Sixty-eight goals in playoff series? Is that what it is? Is what that I what said? it is? Oh my god. I think it was the uh Edmonton Chicago series in eighties in the eighties, eighty five maybe, I think. Yeah, it might have been yeah,
0: eighty four or eighty-five. There was yeah. like an eleven nine oh. game in there or something like that, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean the overs <laughs> have been just it's been an over kind of season, but let's get to Tone's takes for this week and uh first of all, uh let's get to the business. NHL year to date plus thirty two point seven year to date you up units. So let's get to play number one. Let's go to the game tonight. Edmonton team total over three and a half goals at plus money. I'm surprised this is plus money.
2: Yeah. And now news came in that, um, Kemper's out, uh, yep. Rose is starting, uh, Edmonton, they've scored 58 goals in the playoffs, leading the NHL, uh, average 4.46 goals per game. They're going to get theirs. Um, I kind of leaned on Edmonton to win, but I think this is the, uh, the safer bet. Um, at plus money, especially like you said,
0: you know. yeah, I'm kind of leaning Edmonton tonight too. A response because even though the the game was 8-6 the other night, I think that they could they can tighten some things up and and make this a much different game tonight. And they got that dynamic talent as well. But let's stay with Edmonton and yeah. one of those most dynamic players. Well, he's still getting it done. The fact that he is really hobbled, but this Leon Drysdale. you got him over one and a half points here at plus money as well.
2: Yeah, I was on this the other night. I can't believe this is still plus money. I mean, McDavid one and a half is minus one thirty, and this guy's still plus one one twenty five. He's hit it in six three. has nineteen points in that span, and twenty eight points in the playoffs. Think he's second in the playoffs. I mean, he's just uh, he's a wagon That's down clean, there. Man. So I mean, he's, he's still gonna give it a plus money. I mean, I'll gladly take it. You know. Wow.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's been hobbled, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter. He just, he's such no. a gifted playmaker and player. Yeah. It's Unbelievable.
2: And that's I, the thing, his shot production has been down, but he's, he's, he's making plays like he's, yeah. he's fishing it out.
0: So. Unbelievable. Um, let's go to at any time goal scorer. I love playing anytime goal scorers. I love playing these player props and games and you got Zach Hyman here as an anytime goal scorer, really good plus money at 194. And he's a guy that's been fighting the back of the net. So why not keep riding it? Right.
2: This is another one that I can't believe the number. He said, goals in six straight games. Uh, he plays on the top power play unit, which you, you know, there's only each team had two power plays the other night. You'd probably expect a little bit more, you know, tonight as they try to slow each other down, maybe more penalties, but at plus plus one ninety four, he's a uh, nine playoff with Coles tied for second. I mean, uh, why not ride them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's He's a force down low, dry title looks warm, but David looks warm. I mean, can't pass this price
0: up either. Yeah, I mean, Hyman's six straight, that's insane. Let me ask you real quick, do do you like the Rangers to win this series? They won game one in pretty convincing fashion. Tampa came in on a nine-day layoff, and they looked a little rusty in the beginning, rust versus rest, right? But do you like the Rangers to win this series? I'm not there yet.
2: No. No, but, I I I think the winner of Game Two is going to end up winning the series. I'm expecting Tampa Bay to have a big bounce back. I mean, like you said, it was the rest last night, especially on defense. They missed a lot of spots. They, yeah, they pinched too early. I'm I'm not ready to write off Tampa Bay yet after after one game. Bazzi is a beast off of off of a loss. I still like the Bolts in that series. But if the Rangers obviously if they win Game Two, it could be a, a totally different story.
0: Yeah, and you may start to see the effects of not having Braden Point too. And Could be, yeah. relying on other guys to pick up that slack long term is a little bit different than just a couple of games yeah. and kind of everybody stepping up their game. Yeah. Uh, Tome, yeah. where can people uh, get your stuff? Where can people get your plays and everything else?
2: Uh, Tome Stakes on Twitter and also on com, which that play today is the Edmonton over seven minus 135. And then also on dimers.com, two defensemen shot on goal props I, I, I have on there. Uh, Devontae's over two and a half plus one thirty-five, and Evan Bouchard over two and a half plus one twenty-five. Nice. So if this if this game is a, a low-scoring, it's not going to be a good night for Tone's sake. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, it's just a bump in the road, man. It's a, it's a marathon, not a <laughs> yep. sprint. Always. Yep. Tone, thanks for doing this as always. We'll talk next week.
2: All right. Thanks, Jason. Take care.
0: There he is. Tone's takes another edition on Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Let me tell you about the Bet Parks app. It's the greatest casino and sportsbook app you're going to find. And the new app is now live. You can take it from me. The Bet's Park, Bet Parks app is everything you want in a mobile casino and sportsbook. And the best news is, is this is it right here. It's right here. It's your phone, right in the palm of your hand, right in your pocket. It travels with you. So if you want to get some action while you're on the road, if you want to get some action when you're just, you know, sitting on the couch, you don't have to get up, do anything, just log in on your phone, good to go. Check out the great. Bet Parks app. And right now, all Bet Parks users can use the promo code Jason750, J A S O N 750, and that'll get you a risk free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions do apply on that. Uh, So again, use the promo code Jason750 and get that risk free bet up to $750. Uh, Easy to use, fun to use. Faster to win than ever before. So, download the new Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. We'll keep our ear to the ground on the latest news and notes with the Flyers and the NHL, the coaching search, and much more. Thanks to Anthony DeMarco. Thanks to Tone Stakes. And thanks to you. We'll talk to you next week on another brand new edition of Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great day. Have a great weekend, everybody.